Hey co-pilots, this is AJ Bruno, your podcast pilot. For those just joining, welcome to the first season of the Value Props podcast. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. So glad you're here. Value Props is an original video podcast series that we launched on YouTube in 2021. Every month I have casual conversations while flying my plane with sales founders and technology leaders about the always changing market. This is episode 101, The Pilot with Steve Barsh. To never miss a future release, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review to help more sales professionals and entrepreneurs just like you find the show. All right, here we go. Let's take off. Steve, how's your morning going? Good, how are you, sir? Good. I don't think there'd be anything, uh, there's anything that I'd rather be doing than flying this airplane with you today. Um, beautiful day. A little foggy this morning, but it burned off. Yeah, a little foggy this morning, cleared up at 10 a.m. Steve's a pilot, so one part of this is just us talking about flying a lot. But one of the things I always talk about with aviation is how aviation, entrepreneurship, and sales all combine to you. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into flying and aviation in the first place. I have loved airplanes and flying since I was a little kid. I used to write to Beechcraft since we're flying a Beechcraft parent today. Yeah. I'm like, can I get the brochure and get the little brochure with the little concentric wings? rings of how far you can fly. So I've always liked airplanes. I started to, I first got my pilot's license when I was about 23, shortly after college. I took a, a long period off, about 18 years when we had kids, just a little too much going on in life. And then I got it back into it about a year and a half ago. And we're getting ready to do a new show for Dream It called Dream It Runway. And uh, we'll be flying kind of within a 500 nautical mile. Dream It Runway, you don't say. Dream It Runway, yeah. Saying a shameless plug. Steve, from a career standpoint, entrepreneur, you've done a lot of different things. You've started your own company, you help and advise startups very regularly right now, and one of the things you probably help out and advise on is fundraising, and fundraising is a lot like sales. I mean, it is a sale. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how you're helping companies in the fundraising arena. So like at Dream Adventures, what do we do? We're an early stage investor, seed, series A, secure tech, health tech are the type of companies we invest in. It's interesting what you say about sales and you know raising capital is, is a sales function. It's funny that you say that. I'd say that 95% of entrepreneurs don't get that. Don't realize like they're so passionate about the product and what they're doing with product they realize when they're facing a customer that's a sales process they're selling the product what's really interesting is when they're raising funds they don't realize it's a sales process right you're not selling your product you're now selling equity in your company you don't understand about things like trial close you can trial close an investor wait trial close yeah because people are probably not familiar with what yeah. trial close means what's that mean so trial closes i want to find out what the objections to sale are a lot of times they'll, they'll pitch an investor go through their pitch deck, they'll go through the last thing, how much they're raising, and they'll you know, almost close their computer and say, I'm happy to take any questions. Oh, oh, that's so nice. You're happy to take any questions. How about ask them? So that's what we're doing. I'd love to find out. Is this the type of company you'd invest in? I totally agree with you. I've had the experience on both sides. Yeah. What you're really trying to figure out is what is it that that investor cares about? And like, what is going to be the friction points of stopping them from actually making the investment right, right there? And the quicker you get to a no, the better you can move on and say, okay, this is just not, it just didn't line up. This isn't a final alignment. When you're a first-time founder or even founders that are experienced, 
they're like they they want that yes and they're just like really pressing and in sales we have these confidence swings where we go up and down if we get a couple closes it goes it goes up and we can feel like we can take on the world right. and uh, entrepreneurship and founder is the same thing and so when someone tells us no we're like what do you mean no right I'm, I'm very optimistic about my business you don't see the light we get really ticked off and, and frustrated with investors from time to time so with the trial close and yeah. like that experience have you seen that change a lot in the last uh, two years obviously with the pandemic we're doing zooms those conversations you all used to do road shows and meet investors and face to face has that process changed at all well, the process has changed for not being face to face that it's much more zoom yeah. however the deeper process like we're talking about trial closing all that we find that most entrepreneurs still make those mistakes even when they're talking to us as an investor right the classic ending of their pitch deck is okay i'm happy to take any questions imagine if i was selling quota path and i was one of your aes and i'm meeting with a customer you know, and that's it that's our demo i'm happy to take any questions questions you, yeah, you, yeah, you, you kill them you and what do you typically hear crickets yeah crickets the dreaming entrepreneur never does that and that's why they're so successful at raising well that and a bunch of other reasons we got some cloud cover over here uh steve question for you are we allowed to fly in that cloud those clouds oh right my now? goodness what are my vfr rules we have to remain clear clouds it's 500 feet below a thousand feet above and what two to three miles distance i asked a pretty simple question of can <laughs> we fly in those no we can't fly in the clouds i'm sorry i thought you were getting on flying the clouds a, a pilot, pilot jet. a pilot can't fly in the clouds oh my goodness what are we gonna do uh we're gonna turn turn around and we're gonna make a 180 and head towards new jersey that's what we're right. gonna do and the reason why we can't fly in the clouds you're legally allowed to this airplane is capable we're just not on an instrument flight rule or ifr flight plan right now i'm fairly confident everyone listening is just gonna be able to fly their own airplane after this <laughs> well it's like your emergency checklist you can do this um, so i'm gonna can i interview you for a couple of minutes here oh oh my goodness we're reversing this we're gonna reverse we're gonna Steve, reverse i gotta fly the airplane no. <laughs> All right, yeah, go ahead. So here's a question for you. Let's do some really basic sales. You said people might not know what a trial close is. Right. Let me ask you a really basic thing. Do customers buy features or do they buy benefits? Benefits. Right, they buy benefits. So here's a question for you. Now let's go back and let's talk about features versus benefits and then uh, a startup's pitch deck from a sales point of view. I'm going to give you the end of a typical pitch we hear. What we're doing is we're raising $3 million because we're going to hire two more software engineers, uh, VP of sales, and a head of marketing. Oh, yeah? You know what I just did? Your feature sold me. I feature sold you. Yeah. Again, we see most startups, like founders are programmed. They go through, here's our use of funds, and they go feature, feature, feature. Here's all the things I'm going to do. As an investor, we say to startups all the time, you know what? I don't give a shit. What's it going to do for you? What are your goals? What do we want to hear? What's the why? the why? What's the why? The why is so important and so often missed, kind of similar. And I just went through our Series A raise in May. Congratulations. Very successful. Thank you. We raised $12 million in our Series and we ended with $20 million. Why? Because every investor, once we had this like, oh my goodness, I understand the why of what they're building. Right. That just became immediately, I would love to invest. So uh, Insight Partners, of course, great fun, but then Stage 2 Capital and HubSpot Ventures, right. those were like the strategic players that came in to help operationalize the business. They're like, I not only see what you want to do, I want to be that one of those AEs. Like, how can I insert myself into the business? Right. And that's what you want as a founder. You want an investor leading Leaning into your business, right? right? And how often do you find yourself with your entrepreneurs and the founders that you're working with where you're like, this founder gets it, I need to put this person in front of every single person, or the opposite, 
Ah, this founder just doesn't get it yet. Does that happen frequently? Not, not that frequently. Look, to get in and be part of Dreamin and part of the Dreamin community and what we do is hard. Yeah, right. we, to a lot of investors, we take you know two percent of companies that we see around that, um, and a lot of times they don't have that edge. Some of the things we're talking about, it's easily fixable, right? That's easily. They just, you know, we I've explained that to so many founders, hundreds of founders over the last couple of years, and they're like, oh my god, that makes perfect sense. I never thought of it that way. I never That's thought of it like sales. No, but, but it is. You're not not selling your product, you're, you're selling equity. And that, that idea about don't sell features, sell benefits. So if I'm raising the Series B for Quota Path, you know, the end of that slide deck is going to be, so we're raising $30 million because we want to get this company to $5 million in ARR. We want to grow to this and go to this. And the reason why we think $5 million is the right stepping stone is our next point, is that's our next fundable milestone. Now, what do we need to do that? Now I'm going to get into features. We need to hire another 25 sales reps we need two more people on the software engineering. So it all cascades. They can create that high level and they can cascade it down. The next level for founders and entrepreneurs is when they're able to get that why, of that, that milestone that you talked about, but they're also able to take that to the next milestone. So they're like two rounds, three rounds ahead of the business. And that's where you're like, oh my goodness, I can see the big picture because you created this journey and I've been able to step up with you each way. And you're 100% right. The, the head count, uh, what you're going to go do, the type of customers, your ICP, your product market fit. What's, what's ICP? Case ideal customer profile. Right. Because when you go to sell to uh, to folks, you don't want to just say like, well, I can sell to every single Fortune 500. Right. Right. Well, Walmart and Coca-Cola are very different than BP. Like, why is BP and Coca-Cola, why are they the same ideal customer profile? Right. right. Founders, when they go pitch and talk about their TAM, that's total addressable market. Right. When they talk about TAM or today's SAM, right? Purpose addressable market. Yes. Those things, they're, they're like trying to, again, step function up because you don't want to sell to the entire world. Right. We like to find out from a startup, like, what's your vision? What's the world look like five or ten years from now? Because the mental, mental model. The mental model. model. Where are you going? Because a lot of startups, right, they're playing like baseball, but they're, they're hitting singles. And investors yeah. want to hit a grand slam home run. Yeah. I'm raising $12 million because I want to get to $2 million. That's nice. Then what? And what? And then what? And doesn't they're, do they're, anything they're for me. thinking small ball. Yeah. So one of the things we talk to startups about is you need to talk about your vision. Where do things look like five years from now, ten yeah. years from now? And, but what you need to be careful of to build on what you just said. What you need to be careful of is vision is, let's say you're Elon Musk, right? My vision with SpaceX is, I want to fly to Mars. Okay, but that's too hard for an investor necessarily to grok. So you can say, my eventual vision is, I want to fly to Mars. Now, let me tell you the steps along the way. My, my seed round is, I need to build a rocket engine and test it on the ground. Okay, my series A is, I need to be able to get it lift off the pad for 10 feet and then settle back down. My series B is, I'm going to fly to the International Space Station. So it's like your rounds of investing, right? Josh Koppelman taught me this very early on. I need to play three move-ahead chess. So I'm raising my Series A. That's my next fundable milestone. And then I think my B and my C start to give directionality of like, what does that look like and why along this path to achieve your vision? Yeah, I love that you brought up Josh, by the way. I've pitched Josh uh, twice, and I've gotten a no from Josh twice. That's a very common theme for Josh. And, I, and part of it is I've realized, because I, I know what I know now 
quarter past three and a half years old, if I could reverse back to three years, I'm like, oh, I could have nailed that pitch. I, I was just wildly too early. I had the, the one and a half steps ahead. I didn't get three steps ahead with first round capital. And that's why I didn't nail it. But great, great, great point. That and, you said. and by the way, he's great. He's terrific. And I think like you talked about a little earlier, you know, the number one thing an entrepreneur wants to hear from an investor is a yes. And the second best thing is a fast no. A no. Quick, quick, quick no. One of the quickest ways to crush momentum on your sales team is to pay them incorrectly. And according to a study, 80% of companies are getting commissions wrong. Think of the impact. You finish a quarter way above goal, your team is fired up, then their paychecks come and their commissions are off. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Quotapath. With Quotapath, run accurate commissions and give your reps real-time visibility into their earnings and forecasted earnings. Keep your reps happy and motivated by eliminating compensation confusion and showing how much more they can make. To learn more about today's episode sponsor and to get a taste of commission bliss, visit Quotapath.com and create a free account in the top right corner. So now we're going to do, I'm going to take it off autopilot, my airplane, your airplane. All right. And we're going to go ahead and, and pitch up and, and I'm going to count down. And then you, you got it before I get to 7,500 feet, you got to get the, the elevator pitch of Dream It. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Dream It Ventures is an early stage investor. We invest in secure tech and health tech, basically seed and series A. The unique differentiator for Dream It as an investor is we do two things, customer sprints and investor sprints. All startups want more customers 500 feet. and want to raise more capital. That's what we help companies do. We do these customer sprints and get them in front of a tremendous amount of customers very quickly, help them raise their next round, and invest money in those companies. All right. You, 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 out, you out pitch the airplane. Good job, Steve. I think that's the first one that I've had. I'll pitch the airplane. Uh, very, very, very good. Let's head back. Your fl- oh, it's because you have the. Uh, it's because it's on heading mode. As I say, your flight director is so unhappy with it. Uh, well, so we're gonna go nav, and now we'll turn back. Yeah. So venture capital. Tell me a little bit about that because when you go from being a founder and entrepreneur yourself to the dark side, yeah, it's always a cross that I've thought about a lot. But like, why did you make that cross? I was between things. Josh Koppelman saw me one day, and he, uh, literally we were in the parking lot. He's like, "What are you up to?" I was like, eh, "I'm trying to figure out my next thing." He's like, "Why don't you camp out with the first round for a while and see what ventures?" like you probably like it and he was right and I hung out with first round capital for about a year learned a lot of the ropes from him it was a tremendous experience and and really enjoyed it enjoy working with early stage founders and help them understand what it's like from an investor's perspective having been an operator in my mind I'm still an operator I help operate dream it it's just a different type of company yeah so a lot of wins in those times but actually more interested in like the challenges and the failures we hear a lot about founders failing fast but what are, what are some times where like things weren't going well for my ventures for, yeah, for yeah, yeah I mean I just we just did a dream at dose on this we talked about when do you shut down a company you know when to raise uh, they talk about pivoting all the time how do you know when where you say you know what it's time to pack up my marbles and go home yeah. it's a very hard thing and I had to do it I was a company backed by a whole bunch of really great VCs where they called me one day and said, Steve, stop. You've written off the investment and we think you should shut it down. I was like, well, I don't want to give up. I have all your money. It's like, it's not a lot. You know, this is what we do for a living. We've written off the investment and you need to, too. So you literally had to be told to stop. Yeah, I was had to be told, stop. Just, you've got to stop. Your opportunity cost is too high. Move on. 
And it took me a few weeks to let that settle in. I was like, but I have other people's money. I felt really guilty about it. They're like, move on. Because they see too many startups become the walking dead. Right? They just kind of limber along and nothing happens for years. But the other thing you, the founders don't understand is you actually have to have money to shut down a company. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think I've heard okay. upwards $100,000 to get to wind it down to actually shut it down. And you have to meet all your legally, you have to meet all your payroll obligations, payroll taxes. Yeah. And here's a here's a quick question for you, AJ. I'm gonna we're gonna flip the interview for a minute. My airplane, just get it. What percentage of startups don't make it? Uh, 99%. More than I mean, half. I don't know what the, the numbers are today. I know that so Series A companies, the ones that don't make it, it's like it's still 90%. I don't know if it's quite that high, but here's my point. So if 80, let's just say above 60% of startups don't make it. So who tells them what to do? I'm thankful I haven't had to have that uh, happen to my companies yet. I have had to advise founders to, to do that as well. Right. The biggest thing that I think is under, and I don't know if you talked about this in the dose, is your family and your spouses. I mean, people, I know people have gotten divorced because their startup has driven them into the ground. Right. I myself ended up in the hospital for six weeks because I had an ulcer in my throat because of the stress of a startup. Wow. And we were successful. We were doing $20 million in revenue in that three-year sprint, but I just couldn't do it anymore. So regardless if you have to shut down a company or you're going super successfully well, we're all there. Entrepreneurship and founders, it's a very, very lonely road. We both know this. Yeah, and it's hard, and it's a roller coaster. The emotions are, the high highs are great, and the lows, lows are just suck. What would you say is your, like, your superpower during your career? And this could be a superpower that you give to be a part on founders, just superpower in general. Knowing the right question to ask. It's not having the answer. It's knowing the right question to ask. Yeah. And then doing critical thinking to keep probing down to kind of get to the root cause of things. If you ask the right question, it's amazing when you're talking to a founder, for instance, how their business model suddenly like opens up and either falls apart or gets more interesting. They got to get a touch and go as well. All right, we're going to switch and uh, get prepared for landing. Follow Value Props Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to help us spread the word, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell two friends about this episode. Another way you can support the show is by subscribing to Value Props on our website at quotapath.com forward slash value dash props. Today's episode of Value Props was produced by AJ Bruno, Kelly O'Halloran, Milani Taub, and Helen Merzyowski. It was edited by Helen Merzyowski with additional editing help from AJ Bruno, Kelly O'Halloran, Milani Taub, and Michelle Woods. Cover art and branding by Milani Taub and Michelle Woods. Whew. This episode definitely wouldn't have been possible without the great team at Quotapath and my amazing network. This show is hosted by me, the pilot, of course, AJ Bruno. Special thanks to Steve Barsh. Until we take flight next time, thanks to everyone who listened to this episode. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.